0: Ahoy, Shock Fantasy fans! This is Matt Harrison, and before the show begins, I have three jobs for you. First, please take a look at your phone and hit the subscribe button on the Shock Fantasy podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Second, wherever you're listening, give me a rating and a review for the show. If you include your Twitter handle in the review, we might send you something fun in the mail. We do that periodically. And third, if you haven't yet subscribed to the season pass of Shock Fantasy you should. You get 365 days of the Shock Fantasy Super Dash, which gives you stats and info to set all of your weekly lineups, including DFS lineups. The Redraft and Dynasty trade value charts, so you never get taken to the cleaners in a trade. Our waiver wire content each week, the Super Bowl, Thanksgiving, and NFL Draft Prop Bet Games, so you can make friendly wagers with your family and friends at the most important football gatherings. And preseason cheat sheets for basically every kind of fantasy football imaginable. You'd be getting those for next year now. All of that curated, color-coded data comes to you for only $40 for a full year. That's 76.9 cents per week. But if you act now and use the promo code AIRBEAR... You get the whole year for only 25 bucks. That's promo code AirBear, A I R B E A R, for those of you who are brave spellers. Enter that at checkout and we'll knock off $15. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Now, first off, how would we describe shock? <laughs> Welcome to the fantasy. <laughs> nice. Nice. Man, you are one pathetic loser. Ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Shock Fantasy Podcast. It's Tuesday. The Week 7 Waiver Wire Podcast is upon us. My name is Matt Harrison at Explosive Output on Twitter. And at shock fantasy on Twitter, reminder to rate and review the shock fantasy podcast five stars on your favorite podcast platform. And if you, you know, leave your Twitter handle on your Apple podcast review, I will go in and I will find your Twitter handle and I will send you a DM from the shock fantasy Twitter handle and I'll get your address and I'll send you one of my cool holographic shock fantasy stickers that you can slap on whatever you'd like. Yeah, that's right. I got a few of them left. Probably like maybe 15, 20, who knows? Anyway, uh, also listen to fantasy football weekly coming up this week. It's, uh, Brian Johnson, Scott fish and Paul Charchian as they work to help you get through the bipocalypse because this is the week. This is the week where it all went bad. Buffalo, on by Dallas on by Jacksonville and the Chargers, the Vikings and the Steelers are all on by this week. That's a lot of huge fantasy players. So we're going to help you get through it with this week's waiver wire podcast. There's a lot of guys that are really just pick up to to play this week, kind of take a chance on me style players. And there's a lot of guys that uh, should have some some decent value coming down the road as well. But we always start with the Todd Heap Memorial Injury Report. Dak Prescott, he suffered a calf strain on the final play of the game, but the Cowboys have this week off. So nothing to worry about on Dak quite yet. He was going to be off this week anyway. Baker Mayfield was seen in a sling in postgame news conferences. Evidently, he's got a shoulder dislocation and a labrum injury. They say he's going to tighten his brace and try to play through it for the rest of the year, but Case Keenum might be getting a spot start for Thursday night if Baker can't go. Uh, The Browns host the Broncos on Thursday night. Uh, Kareem Hunt looks like he's about to land on IR with a calf strain. Nick Chubb has already been ruled out for Thursday night. We'll talk more about this situation in a little bit. Antonio Gibson was in and out of the Chiefs game with a stress fracture in his shin. Not sure why they don't let him heal here a little bit, but uh, it's not been looking very good in Washington this year. Latavius Murray appears to have an ankle injury. Some are theorizing that it's the dreaded high ankle sprain. That comes with a two to three week timetable, and it's possible that Latavius could find his way to IR for a couple of weeks. Alex Collins was absolutely punished by the Steelers' defense and ended up with hip and glute injuries as he left the game in the fourth quarter. Kadarius Toney, he hurt his ankle against the Rams and did not come back into that game, although it was a a blowout pretty early in that contest, so that might have been why he didn't come back in. T.Y. Hilton exited in the second half with a quad injury. We'll talk more about him in a few minutes and Paris Campbell has yet another foot injury. He's droppable, ladies and gentlemen. You can drop Paris Campbell. You know, I wouldn't even mind dropping Baker Mayfield by the way. He's he's just about done I think for the rest of the year, especially with that bad injury. Well, if you drop Baker Mayfield, what are you going to do? Well, let's talk about it. Quarterback. You could pick up Matt Ryan who's 43% rostered in leagues. All right, so Ryan has now thrown for multiple scores in four straight games and gone over the 280-yard mark in three of those four. Now, granted, he went up against the putrid pass defenses of Tampa, the Giants, Washington, and the Jets in those four weeks. He's now coming off a bye week after his London game in week five, and he gets a Miami team who just played in London on Sunday. So the Dolphins will be jet-lagged, and they were already allowing 257 yards and over two passing scores per game. So he's a great little fill-in for the bipocalypse and maybe more. He's worth 3% of your fab this week. Sam Darnold is 49% rostered. I like him less than Matt Ryan, uh, but it is kind of a homecoming game for Darnold, who's heading back to MetLife Stadium this weekend, where he used to play for the other tenant. Uh, He's been pretty miserable for the last two weeks, but he gets the Giants this week, and they're a bit of a cure-all. Five of the six quarterbacks to face the Giants this year have gone for multiple scores, and they're allowing 271 yards per game. Plus, they gave up two rushing scores to Taysom Hill not too long ago, and weirdly, without Christian McCaffrey, Darnold may be the biggest run threat they have inside the five. I don't think it'll cost you more than 2 bucks to acquire him, but uh, you're kind of banking on some some crazy stuff happening in this game for Darnold to be super successful. Jameis Winston is only 30% rostered. That might be because he was on bye last week. Uh, He's available, though. Uh, Taysom Hill might not be quite right, uh, and he he, uh, left with a concussion before the bye week. Uh, He wouldn't vulture any looks if he's still not ready to go. Seattle has allowed over 300 passing yards to four of the six quarterbacks they faced. That's Jameis's opponent this weekend. If you count the duo of San Francisco quarterbacks, uh, that's that they're included in the four of six. Three of those four quarterbacks threw for multiple touchdowns. Ben Roethlisberger looked serviceable against the Seahawks last week, so Winston's worth, I think, four percent, especially with the prospects of Michael Thomas come back coming back in the next few weeks. All right. Uh, Justin Fields is 30% rostered right now. And I mentioned this one on Fantasy Football Weekly last week. Fields is going up against Tampa Bay this weekend. There's only one way to move the ball against the Bucs, and that's through the air. Tampa is dead last in attempts and completions allowed. People throw on Tampa more than anybody else. They're also bottom 10 in yards and touchdowns allowed. He's worth a $5 bid and a start this weekend. That's Justin Fields. Another guy who I I like is kind of a take a chance on me quarterback. Trey Lance of the 49ers. The Colts have faced two quarterbacks this year that absolutely killed them on the ground. Ryan Tannehill went for 56 yards on five carries. Lamar Jackson tallied 62 yards. So I like the rushing upside for Lance, who's averaging 33 yards per game on the ground. And that includes a couple of games where he wasn't really the starter in those games either. When you add in the fact that the Colts have given up multiple passing scores to every quarterback they've faced this year, except for Davis Mills, I'm I'm kind of buying in on this one. Pick up Trey Lance and start him if you need a guy. Probably only cost you two bucks to get Trey Lance on your team. All right, that's the quarterbacks. Time to move on to... Running back. D, Ernest Johnson and Demetric Felton are the two Browns running backs that are going to be hot pickups this week. It's probably Johnson getting most of the Nick Chubb work on Thursday night against the Broncos, with Felton filling in as the pass catcher in maybe the hunt role. Now, savvy fantasy owners already knew this part. The problem is the Broncos are super legit against the run, and they're only allowing 94 total yards per game to this position. Uh, That's third best in the league. This game doesn't line up very well for the Browns, I would imagine Chubb is back in week eight. They didn't want to throw him in uh, this week, and they didn't put him on IR, uh, and they got a 10-day layoff between games. So I I think Chubb is back. So on the prospects of picking one up to to play for long term, I don't really like either for this week and really either for long term. If you have to pick one up and start one, it'll probably cost you 10% for D. earnest and probably 5% on Felton. I wouldn't really recommend grabbing either of them, though. Another backfield that's just an absolute disaster is the Ravens' backfield. It looks like Latavius is going to be missing a bit of time. And believe it or not, it was Devontae Freeman who saw most of the work in his absence. Now, Freeman is washed, and so is Le'Veon Bell, despite the fact that he scored last week. But this is it. This is the backfield you want to avoid. It won't settle down. We've lost J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Tyson Williams was benched, and Latavius is hurt. So we're now down to basically the fifth and sixth choice. You don't want any of the Ravens' backfield. Their best running back is Lamar Jackson, and he will be all year. Mark Ingram is 27% rostered right now. Yes, the Texans' backfield is also gross. But it's slightly less gross than some might think. While Ingram, David Johnson, and Phillip Lindsay have all each played six games, the average touch total is Ingram with 15 touches on average per game, Johnson with six, and Lindsay with six. Now, Ingram and Johnson are effectively splitting the three down roll in last week's game. They each had right around 44% of the snaps but Ingram is absolutely dominating the touch counts. And it's not a good matchup this week, so you're probably not going to play him, but the sky is clearing, and Ingram seems to be the guy you want on your roster if you dare. Somebody will probably give you a fab dollar to take Mark Ingram, but you could stash him at the end of your bench because it's getting bad <laughs> with some of these running backs here, and Ingram might be worth picking up. He, he might be spot startable in a few weeks up ahead. Uh, they have... Uh, yikes! Arizona this week, then the Rams, then Miami. That's a little bit better. Tennessee and the Jets after their bye. Uh, it's it's dicey, but Mark Ingram's probably worth rostering on the very tail of your bench. Marlon Mack is 19% rostered. We talked him up as a trade target last week, as far as NFL-wise, he's still firmly in that category, but wasn't featured nearly as much as we imagined against Houston in Week Six. He's a nice handcuff to Jonathan Taylor, who's easily among the top five runners right now. Mack becomes the hot pickup if Taylor gets dinged up at all. So I think you should stash him on your bench now for a few bucks just in case. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is 11% rostered. Damian Harris has had some nagging injuries that keep him on the injury report, although it could be what we call the Patriots questionable and really be nothing. Uh, the encouraging thing is that Stevenson has seen an average of seven touches so far in his three games, including eight last week, which is a bunch more than Belichick usually gives rookie runners, and he did score last week as well. The matchup this week against the Jets could offer the positive game script to see some extra snaps go this go uh, Ramonde Stevenson's way. He should only cost you about two bucks in your league, but uh, he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, DJ Dallas is my last running back. I want to talk about Chris Carson's neck injury seems really concerning. Uh, this could last all season. I've heard some online doctors theorize that this could even be it for Chris Carson's career as some teammates of, uh, of Carson's on, in Seattle. I think, I think it was cam chancellor had a very similar injury and it ended his career. His backup, Alex Collins had a fine game against the Steelers on Sunday night, but left in the fourth quarter after just getting beat up, uh, I don't think Collins is a guy who can shoulder the absolute full workload. The backup who spelled Collins in the fourth quarter was DJ Dallas for the most part with Travis Homer involved as the pass catching back. This is a long shot, but DJ Dallas could be the starting running back in the not too distant future. If Collins keeps getting beat up and Seattle does like to feature one back at a time. So DJ Dallas is a dollar store pickup and a guy that probably is worth being on a roster or two. Okay, it's time to move on to the wide receiver. I don't have too many wide receivers this week. Darnell Mooney is the first one. He's 45% rostered. Much along the same lines as how I liked Fields. Mooney gets the bucks this week, and it, and he's still Fields' favorite target. Tampa is allowing 16 receptions and 192 yards to wide receivers every game. Add in just over a touchdown per game to the position, and this gets even more interesting. I like him beyond this game too, so I'll throw a 4% down on Darnell Mooney. T.Y. Hilton is 31% rostered, had four catches for 80 yards last week in his first game of the season. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, though, he already got hurt, and I literally rolled my eyes right there because it's T.Y. Hilton getting hurt. I'm pretty happy starting no Colts, on my team outside of jonathan taylor for the rest of the year and really this his return just muddies the waters for michael pittman i hate all of it don't pick up hilton maybe it's maybe it's spite but i don't think you should pick up ty hilton if you had to i'd say probably a three percent blind bid would get you ty hilton at this point in his career Devonte parker is 48 percent rostered i like him a lot more than hilton Uh, Mentioned him last week, and he just wasn't healthy enough to make the trip to London. He should be back soon, and he was averaging eight targets per game. That's a lot. Uh, He is supposed to be on fantasy rosters. He just is. Pick him up 3% right now. That's cheap for a guy averaging eight targets per game. Rashad Bateman is another guy I do like. Uh, Bateman tied for the team lead in targets with Mark Andrews last week. And did we mention that it was his first game in the league overall? His first game ever with the disaster that the Baltimore running game is, the ball will just be in Lamar Jackson's hands all day long. Lots of RPOs coming, and Bateman can handle those types of plays. I'd throw 8% down on him, and I think he bypasses Marquise Brown as the go-to guy for Lamar Jackson very soon. Last guy we wanted to mention out of the wide receiver position is Donovan Peoples-Jones. And I'm not sure if I want to follow the box score of four catches, 101 yards, and two touchdowns that DPJ put up last week. Now, Odell did get hurt and miss a little bit of time during that game. He did come back in. Jarvis Landry is getting closer to coming off of IR. The game script turned upside down with both starting runners out for the Browns last week, and they were trailing by a ton to the Cardinals early. It's not looking like a passing game plan is... In play with Baker's messed up shoulder right now, I like the player, but I don't want to chase all the stuff that's happening this week. I'd put in a minimum bid on him, and I don't think that you'll get him at a minimum bid because people will see the big juicy box score from last week, and they'll be going five, six, seven bucks, whatever. Now, if you get him for a buck, that's great. If you don't, wait until he's dropped next week and scoop him up then if there's some injuries to the Browns wide receiver core. All right, final position, tight end. Zach Ertz is 55% rostered, and this week Ertz dons the new colors in Arizona after being traded last week, and then he instantly faces off against the worst tight end defense in the league in Houston. The Texans are allowing six catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown to opposing tight ends on average. It's probably a good spot to feature Ertz in this game where – there's really no chance that Arizona loses this one. They can they can ease him in if they want, or they could just show everybody that they're serious about building a championship roster here, and Zach Ertz might be featured right away in this game. It's probably going to cost you about 8% to get Ertz on your roster this week because of the trade and the heat surrounding Zach Ertz. Ricky Seals-Jones... He is 25% rostered. He's filled in quite admirably for the injured Logan Thomas. Had a decent four catches, 58 yards and a score last week against the Chiefs. I'm beginning to think that the journeyman tight end can find value in Washington's offensive scheme. Cuz Logan Thomas, now Ricky Seals-Jones, Vernon Davis for a few years, it just it just it seems like tight ends just kind of flourish in Washington for some reason. He's startable this week in a neutral matchup in Green Bay, but you probably need to pay 5% to get him because of some of the success he's had in the last few weeks. And it's the bipocalypse. So uh, a lot of people are needing some tight end help. Uh, Here's a couple of guys that you can pick up. They're going to be lesser owned. And I think both both of these guys are startable at the tight end position this week if you're needing some help. CJ Uzoma, is the first one. He's 5% rostered. His big game this season came when T Higgins was out. Higgins is not out this week, but Uzi does face a Ravens defense that is allowing the most receptions to tight ends at just over seven per game and are allowing 76 yards per game to the position. Worth a buck if you need a tight end this weekend, CJ Uzoma. Last guy, Anthony Ferkser, also worth a dollar. He gets the Chiefs this weekend. The Chiefs allowed Ricky Seals-Jones to score last week on a wide-open, busted coverage. And that's just what the Chiefs do, wide-open, busted coverage against tight ends. That's why they're allowing the most yards in the league to tight ends at 88.5 yards per game. That's decent enough for me to pick him up for a buck and start him on a week where there's a lot of guys who are just missing. That's it. That is the Waiver Wire podcast for Week 7 I thank you guys for listening. Make sure to rate and review. Tell a friend about the podcast. I got to get these podcast numbers up. Come on. I need some podcast numbers up. And if you want to subscribe to the Shock Fantasy full experience on the web at shockfantasy.com, go to the shop, put a Shock Fantasy season pass in your cart, use the promo code AIRBEAR, and you will get $15 off, which brings your total down to 25 bucks. That's only a couple bucks, like... That's two bucks a month. That's nothing. That's nothing. Come on. Go get it. Go get it. You know you want to. All right. Again, this is Matt Harrison. I will speak to you later this week when we preview the Thursday night matchup between the Broncos and the Browns. And I've alluded to it a few times. This one's going to be a little bit of a doozy. So stay tuned for that.